Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have Maria Rini with us today. She is a real estate broker with Remax Associates. Hello, Maria. Hello, Cheryl. Um, I always like to start the uh, podcast with just a little bit of a background about you and, and Remax and working with your husband and how exciting that is. So just give us a little bit of a, a background. I don't know if I would describe working with your husband as exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> certainly challenging. No, uh, so I have been a real estate uh, agent for 28 years, working with my husband for most of, most of those. Um, I'm a, what they call a broker associate, so we're both licensed brokers. And we have a, a small team. We've got a full-time administrative assistant and a buyer specialist on the team too. Um, we, um, I, I, I don't know what else I can say about, uh, about us and, and coming together, but um, it, it, it's been a challenging uh, uh, past year, uh, but we're, we're grateful to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're, we're so glad you're here. So tell us a little bit about what your specialty is, residential real estate, is there a specific area? Just kind of give us the... Uh... Yeah, so we, we service primarily Bergen County and, and uh, some surrounding areas. And now that we've brought um, our buyer specialist, Corey, on, he's also licensed in New York, so we can go a little uh, further north. And um, Hudson uh, County also. Um, we do residential real estate uh, in the main and have been doing that uh, throughout our career with the little small commercial thrown in. And um, I'm a certified uh, luxury marketing expert also, although we serve every price point out there. Great. So been in business a long time where, and I know COVID was obviously a struggle um, the last 18 months, but kind of pre COVID, were there any like real struggles that kind of stood out for you over the years in developing your business and getting the business up and running? Yeah. Um, real estate is notoriously unpredictable. And so flattening out those highs and lows of business, and, and this may be true of a lot of other businesses too, had always been a challenge. How to get that steady stream of business um, where you're not caught up in prospecting for the business and then servicing the business. So I think a lot of businesses probably have this same horrible wave where you, you prospect, you get the business, and now you've got to service it. And while you're servicing it, you neglect the prospecting and, and, and down the new clients go. So it's this constant uh, roller coaster. And learning how to flatten that 
curve and, and produce a predictable um, influx of business over time has really been uh, the challenge and something that I think we have come out the other side of. So, yeah, I, I think that from my experience, at least that, that up and down of servicing and building, building the business in the pipeline is really in every business. And we have to really split our time appropriately to take care of both. And it is a, it is a struggle for our business owners. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, our goal is always to minimize the stress. I mean, we're involved with people during one of the most stressful events of their life, making a move. So it's always to minimize the stress and give an excellent experience. If, if we're doing our job the best we can, our clients are going to feel compelled to refer us. So uh, this is how we make our business grow. And, and sometimes it is a challenge because you want to give it your all. You want to make it the best experience possible. But you've always got to get have your, your eye on the prize right. of the next, having the business fuel itself and the next right. uh, client coming in. And the best pipeline is your current client base. Oh, yeah. Send your referrals. Oh, yeah. And that, too, is, is any business. Yes, absolutely. They, because they come to you with a, a very high level of... Uh, trust, right? If they, they come to you referred by somebody else, they you've already got uh, credibility, you've got trust, you've got uh, competence all built into that, that first encounter with them. You're not having to prove yourself to a stranger because you've got that third party endorsement. So it's a completely different dynamic when you are dealing with a client that's been referred into you. Um, you know, it's not winning the battle and especially in a challenging market like this one where you really have to um, trust the agent that you're working with. I'm in a very low barrier industry, right? So during the pandemic, our numbers have almost doubled. That's how many new agents there are there. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the typically 80% of real estate agents will, um, leave the business within two years, 88% will leave over five. So it, it's this constant influx of new people in the industry. And when you're in an incredibly challenging market like this one, experience counts, um, and, uh, you know, for the consumer who doesn't under, you know, they just don't understand all the dynamics of, uh, of, of uh, what goes in. And there's that, that level of distrust, especially given this crazy market. So um, when, you, when you refer to somebody that's just taken right off the table. That's, those statistics are amazing, the, the turnover in the industry. It's, um, and it's kind of scary because I can imagine that if, a buyer or even a seller starts a transaction and you know the agent decides to move on to something else it kind of leaves the buyer or seller hanging high and dry so the the experience and the history and the you know the knowledge of the the market is so key in what you do yeah and it's again now when you're working with buyers and um they're in multiple offer situations at least half the time, right? That's right. 
about half the, the houses will go uh, above asking. Um, so when they're in these multiple offer situations and you know, my offers in there uh, to an agent that I've been working with for a couple of decades, who knows the way that the the way that we work, um, how um, meticulous we are with what we do, what professionals we are. She knows she's going to have whatever uh, we're, uh, however we're representing our client is going to be in her client's best interest, right? So she, he or she has that level of comfort, you know, oh, it's, it's an offer from Maria. We know this one's going to be solid. And, um, and, and that counts for something in this market, especially if you're a buyer out there getting beat up and scratching your head going, why do I keep losing all these offers I'm making? Maybe you don't have somebody skilled enough to put the right offer together. Right. Yeah. And that first presentation of the offer can be the one that closes the deal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, tell us a little bit about the dynamics with you and your husband working together and, and how that came to be. Have you, have you, did you start the business together? Did one of you join later? Like just real brief. No. He, he, he pushed me into the business when we were dating. Um, he, uh, he said, you, you work way too hard for other people. You have to have your own business. Rich was a bar owner. And, um, anyway, after a couple of years, I had gotten so busy, uh, you know, I was kind of coming apart at the seams, knew I needed help. And um, he wanted a career change. So uh, we came in together. It, it was difficult the first couple of years because I had the experience and it was kind of my business he was coming into. Uh, so you, you have that uh, dynamic, if you will. But um, we kind of quickly learned that we don't do the same thing in the business. And I think all small businesses um, work the same way. There's got to be a division of labor, right? You don't just duplicate what the other guy's doing because that it doesn't make sense. Why everybody's got their own strengths and right. uh, specialty. And um, when you can divide up the labor, when everybody's doing a different the, you know, function in the business, it works um, much more, uh, you know, efficiently, and it, it certainly benefits the client. I'm out in the field, uh, you know, I'm going into the house, and I'm, um, I work more with sellers than, than Rich does. He does a lot of uh, scheduling. He's in the field with buyers. He's meeting inspectors. He's uh, an appraisers and uh, contractors and this kind of stuff. And, um, and Judy's in the office um, managing all the websites and, the, and the, the, the paper trails and electronically putting together so many of the documents that we've uh, been working with over this time. If I was sitting in the office um, putting together paperwork and, and, and monitoring websites and, and looking at, you know, social media analytics and, and all the other um, functions that she does, I couldn't be spending time in the field with my clients and, and directing, you know, stagers and organizers on, on, on prepping houses. And if I was at a home inspection or meeting an appraiser, I, I couldn't be meeting with clients. So it works for us because we have different functions in the business 
and we're very um, different personalities uh, too. My husband and I. I'm kind of um, high energy. I'm I'm very decisive, and he is more um, meditative. He's more of a facilitator. And uh, so it, when we have a challenge in the business with a client, we all we all work on the same clients, right? We just do different functions for them. But when we have a, a challenge with a client, we bring the different viewpoints to bear. And, and I think that benefits uh, our clients too. So uh, we sometimes joke, you know, Rich and I may be the same person because we're never in the same room at the same time. <laughs> uh, but we do, we do work to, together on things and... Um, uh, like I said, we have different functions for the same client, but we're not on top of each other. And so I think that's why working with my husband works. Yeah. And it's all about communication with the whole team and, and just having that current open communication so that everyone knows where each part of the transaction is and, and what the next step is. Yeah. And some of that, the, the communication is also good software. Right. Right. So we have very detailed uh, computer programs that help us manage our clients. Um, like I said, Judy's in the office and she's getting the communications out to them and 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 the contracts and uh, you know. But we've got very detailed uh, what we call action plans for listings and for uh, closings, whether we represent a buyer or a seller, and so. We launch, if you will, we launch that thing when we take on a new client and it's got very detailed steps that have to be followed. Judy maintains that uh, database and, you know, at any given time, I can go into somebody's record and see, oh yeah, the appraisal was done. It's in, the mortgage commitment's been issued, or this was the conversation with the lender. We're waiting on this you know, piece of documentation from the state, whatever it is. And I know all the parties involved, you know, if I'm on the road and have to uh, contact an attorney about something or, or uh, a home inspector, any, any facet of the transaction, we've got all that data built into the record, all on mobile apps. So we're all accessible to everybody on the team. So that's in addition to, um, of course, communicating you know, as needed, but a daily rundown meeting with everybody on the team saying, okay, here are the, here are the listings in play, here are the transactions in play, where we are, where are we with all of these clients? Is, uh, is everybody well taken care of? Is everything up to date? It's, yeah, it's the process. It's the process that, you know, in, in the flow of the process that, you know, kind of keeps it all together and, and having everyone contribute to that process and know that everyone's information is up to date and whenever. So it makes you, everyone that's involved in the process so much more efficient as well. Yeah. It's, you know, they, they say there are an average of 267 people involved in your typical real estate transaction. Right. Now I've never counted them all. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. But there are lots and lots of, oh, yeah. of people involved and they can get uh, really complicated at times. If we didn't have an electronic checklist process, if we did not have such a robust uh, system, you can't reinvent the wheel every time. I mean, you, you certainly can't do it well and you can't do 
the, the level of volume that we do too. Yeah, you can't reinvent the wheel every time and you can't let any, any piece of that process can't fall through the cracks because it'll delay the transaction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So have you always used a system as robust as, as this one that you're describing or has yeah. it kind of formed over time? No, we, uh, you know, from uh, fairly early on, um, I used uh, a system like this, except back in the day, I used to have to back it up on floppy disks. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be sitting there forever backing up the database. But, um, but we always did. And, and, it, it's a, uh, we adapt and change over time. I remember, um, I'm uh, a little embarrassed to say, so this is probably around 2000. Um, I, I, when the when the market turned, probably in the 2007 ish range, we really started leaning into staging. We started working uh, a lot with stagers and. Uh, organizers because it became when the market turned it was time to really prep the houses to look their best um more of the real estate websites were allowing you to put more photos out there too so the visual was really important and um this was when you know when the market took a downturn there were far fewer homes selling so we wanted ours to look their best um and the first time i think we worked with a stager and and here was a closing coming up in a couple of days and we realized holy cow we didn't destage that house yet like that's still got furniture and accessories in it and that's got to disappear before the closing at the end of the week so <laughs> i mean that's a that that's a an example i mean right. a startling example of wow we've got to you know this is something that has to happen so you call the stager in you got to you know and these a lot of these things are, well, if the closing's scheduled here, this thing's got to be scheduled so many weeks out to make right. sure that everything's uh, everything's done. So bad example, but that kind of a thing when new um, during COVID, you know, I, I, that you, was had, gonna... oh, you had to have a, uh, um, a COVID release form signed. So every showing had to have one of those submitted by the buyer's agent and logged in before you could actually make an appointment for somebody to see a house again. So, and some houses, um, most in the beginning, we had gloves and masks on, um, and some booties, you know, depending on the house. And certainly it was one at a time. So over time, different things change, right? The instructions change, the items we need for a showing change. How we scheduled the, the showings changed. Um, even getting a CO for a client. Uh, some towns required a very long window of opportunity for the inspector to get into the house. Some refused to do uh, CO inspections. And so money was escrowed with the town and, and everything in between. So... Um, Again, all these different plans and all the the different items that have to go into um, listing or selling a home have to be adapted over time. And we just, you know, change as we go, right? Be flexible, but it's got to be baked into that plan so we can right. anticipate and not have any stress on the client. Right. That's something pivot pivot was the key word during COVID, right? So 
it sounds like you uh, were able to pivot and, and still accommodate your clients, buyer or seller, and make sure everyone was safe. Yeah. So yeah. is there a specific person or experience that you could think back on that um, helped you decide or was that the aha moment that made you get into real estate? No, I, I wish I could say, uh, you know, I was drawn to it or it was very intentional. Um, it was, <laughs> it was really my, my husband, my boyfriend at the time who said, um, you work way too hard for other people. You need to be working for yourself. And, uh, at the time I was broke. And it was a low barrier industry to get into. I could, I, you know, I could start my business with uh, very few dollars. And that's kind of how I fell into it. And it was only over time that I kind of developed the philosophy that um, if, if you do, and, and again, Rich had said, you know, I think you'd be great in real estate because I know lots of realtors and you'd run rings around them. So, um, right. There are so many that are part-time. They, right. you know, they don't treat it as a real business. Uh, again, they, they're in, they're out. Um, so he saw me as somebody who was very, uh, professional in what I did and thought I could translate that to this industry. And, um, I think that that's who's successful and it, it's any business who um, treats it very seriously. It's not a hobby and it, it's a business and it's not a job. And there's a difference between the two. You just, uh, I, I, especially now, right? Uh, contractors, everybody's busy, busy, busy. Everybody's doing home improvements and, um, you know, spending more time at home. So they're spending uh, more dollars on their homes and a lot of tradesmen are very busy. So the business owner is going to call you back and say, hey, we've got, you know, a two-month wait or I'm doing estimates on Saturday mornings, and but the earliest we could get to your project is this date. Um, and the guy who's uh, just given himself a job and doesn't think like a business owner just isn't returning the phone call. So this too shall pass and we will come to a time when things are slower and you're looking for the business and right. I know who I'm going to remember. Right. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's the, the difference and that's why we've been successful because, you know, we've treated this like a vocation, even though I stumbled into it backwards. Uh, <laughs> it, it's become a business and it's become the family business. Right. And, uh, and we take it very seriously and we, um, you know, really want our clients to feel that they have gotten the very best service possible and right. they feel compelled to refer us. And, right. uh, so, you know, we, we have that, you know, we're the angst buffer for them, right? right. We're taking care of all the details so that, so that they can feel like they've got, uh, they're in really good hands. Right. And enjoy their new home. Right. Yeah. Um, I love what you said too, about um, the passion for what you do and, and even being a business owner, doing what you love to do. And it's not really a job. It's a, you know, you enjoy 
every day because you enjoy what you do. So it's not like working every day. Yeah. Um, it just, it's, it's, it's working, but it's, it's, it working. we enjoy it's, it. During when, when things are stressful, uh, you know, times are stressful like this. I mean, the past year and a half, if, if you weren't feeling stressed, right. You weren't living on planet earth. So <laughs> it, it, it was a really rough time for a lot of people. And, um, and that uh, makes the job harder uh, in that, you, you know, you, you just want to make them uh, protect them from everything that you can. And uh, we, you know, I, I saw a quote once, we solve problems you don't know you have in ways you can't possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, I, I say that with tongue in cheek, but that's, you know, we want to act like a shock absorber, you know, right. for the client and take care of all those details. But it, it has been a really challenging time. And people have been desperate to make a right. move or, um, you know, the theme that I think is consistent is, uh, people have reflected and said, what am I doing? Why am I still working, living here? Why aren't I living near for family and friends? Whatever it is, people have re-examined where they're at in life uh, during this pandemic. And, um, and, and people are making changes because, the, you know, there's the realization life can be short and <clears throat> Why aren't I pursuing my my passion or the, the place I want to be? And living happy. Yeah. <laughs> so how you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I just want to really get a definition from you. How do you define business success? Um, business success is when the the, the client really feels we've given them extraordinary service and it shows up in the you know wow you guys were amazing reviews and 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 the gifts and the invitations to you know uh events at their homes um and in the way that they refer us when you get the you know i was on an appointment last week and uh I had been referred by her accountant and she had called the accountant because she was thinking about, you know, what should I do and should I make the move and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, just call Maria, just call Maria. And he kept insisting. She goes, you're here because he just insisted I speak with you. And she had a lot of moving parts, but so part of the dynamic was, you know, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to really try and break down what they want to do, what what they're hoping to accomplish, and um, and I'm going to make sure all those different areas are uh, taken care of. So that really says success. Where where a professional that I admire is insisting to one of their clients, you, you know, you have to call them because I, I'm sure they're going to do the right thing for you. So. Um, yeah. That's a great definition. <laughs> Thanks. So let's switch a little bit to work-life balance. So what do you do to have a good work-life balance? Because I know, you know, real estate can be a seven day a week job. How do you kind of separate that out and still, you know, take yeah. time for, for Maria? 
Yeah. So it, it can't be a seven day a week job. And that's the myth in the industry. And uh, we have to do our best to dispel it. Nobody works seven days a week. Why would you work seven days a week? You have to have a yeah, life. It's crazy. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're calling me at 10 o'clock at night, and by the way, I'm sleeping then, but if you are calling me at 10 o'clock at night, I can't do anything about your issue at that point in time. No other professionals are working then. So it can't be, you know, if you need to communicate with your attorney or your, your lender or your home, any of those people, anybody else involved in the transaction, they're not reachable at that point in time. We try and explain to our clients that, hey, if you, it, Monday through Friday, nine to five, certainly, we're, we're always there and we can get things done for you. Um, we, I try always to take one day off a week and um, it's usually a weekend day. So admittedly, we work five and six days a week. Uh, I do schedule vacations and they are sacred and we can do that because I've got, I, I can go on vacation with peace of mind because I've got two wonderful professionals still in the office when, when we're gone. So um, we always uh, prep our clients ahead of time, let them know we're going to be gone during that period of time. But Corey and Judy are there to take care of them. If, if anything popped up, even if I'm, you know, on safari in Africa or something crazy. <laughs> uh, so um, I, we, I do put the vacations on the calendar at the beginning of the year. I do take a full day off from work and I, we really try and anticipate our clients needs. Um, so in the case of buyers, I mean, we've got Corey there at, as backup. If we're taking a day off, if, if uh, you know, if somebody, something popped up on the market and they had to take a look at it on, on one of our uh, days off, but you have to refuel and recharge and I always keep this in the forefront. I can't do a fabulous job for you if I'm depleted, right? It's like, put your mask on first on the plane. Then you can help everybody else. So un unless I'm recharging, I can't be as effective for my clients. I'm not as sharp. I'm not as, uh, you know, in tune with, uh, with with what they might need if, I, if I'm feeling laggy or neglecting myself. So we always take a full day off a week, always schedule those vacations, not answering my phone um, late at night. And, um, and we've got great backup. So I think that's how we do the balance. That's great. And I think we can add to the the business success definition is the great team to support you and, and, and give you the comfort that your clients and your business is in good hands and will be taken care of in your absence. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what CFO Your Way is all about, right? You've got, you fill this need. If somebody can't do what you do as well, would struggle to spend the time doing right. what you do. And you really got to play to your strengths. So right. you need a professional who's going to advise you and take care of those things that you're not especially equipped to do. Right. We've done that. And that's what you do for other businesses. Exactly. So tell the audience how they can get in touch with you. Okay. Um, we are uh, uh, on Maria at bergenhouses.com or thewelcomehometeam.com. And, um, or just Google me. 
<laughs> but uh, give us a call if there's any, you know, happy to answer questions. Never feel like it's too early to call a realtor, whoever you're calling. Right. Um, uh, it's never too early, you know, if you're, if you're looking, well, I'm thinking about next year, but uh, I don't know if I should be doing this repair or this renovation to the house or whatever it is. It's never too early to call somebody in, get a present. Right. Tap into opinion. that resource so yep. that you, you start off on the right foot. I always refer to it as building the foundation. So you need to have that, that solid foundation in order to get through the rest of the process. Yeah, exactly. So ne never too early, happy to answer any questions. Um, so reach out if we can uh, assist in any way. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm really glad that you were able to uh, share your knowledge and your experience as a business owner. I think um, there's so many people that wanna like go out on their own and there's so much hesitation and it's just great to hear stories of success and and know that hard work and you know surrounding yourself with the right people you can you can do anything so thank thanks you. for having me so to our audience thank you so much for listening in be sure to stay connected with us and look forward to upcoming episodes of our podcast have a great day that's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 